you're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. All right, so we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. And so that combined with the fact that, like, I didn't think of a question to ask you guys. Um, we just forwent. Forwent? Is that a thing? Foregone? No. Well, yeah, there's foregone, but like. <laughs> foregoing? Yeah. We are foregoing. We are foregoing. Okay, fine. <laughs> I still like we forwent. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> um, but we are foregoing uh, our question at the beginning of the episode we're getting getting right into it we are going to start with a trailer takedown tonight we have just two trailers to talk about uh we have bel air which is the um gritty remake of the fresh prince of bel air uh versus bob's burgers um this was a tough one for me uh i loved uh fresh prince of bel air you know um as a sitcom in the nineties. Um, Bob's burgers is one of those shows that like, whenever I watch an episode, I enjoy it. And I'm, I, and I always ask myself, why don't you watch this more often? And I don't have a good answer for it. And then I just don't watch it more often. So like, it was kind of tough. I don't really, I'm conflicted with this whole Bel Air, uh, Re- reboot remake um going into it like i'm like i don't think that we need a gritty remake of this type of series that said like the trailer was good um the trailer i think in general is something that we need in 2022 um but it's still weird to me that they are taking these classic characters and making them serious when the original series wasn't that serious i mean it was at times, but like overall, not really. Um, and then with Bob's Burgers, the trailer of these two, like I'm more excited, I think, about Bob's Burgers than I am Bel Air. But that said, the trailer for Bob's Burgers really didn't do that much for me. It really like it. It was just like it would show some jokes or whatever. But like, I don't know what this is outside of a really long episode of Bob's Burgers. And maybe that's all that it is. And I'm fine with that. But like, I don't know for a first trailer, it just, it didn't grab me that much. Um, so I am giving, believe it or not, six points to Bel Air and four to Bob's Burgers. Uh, Tabitha, what about you? I have similar feelings about the Bob's Burgers trailer. Like it just felt like I was watching snippets of a Bob's Burgers episode. Like, Usually when you'd have these like cartoon movies, the movie is some kind of event or like some kind of happening that like there's like some, like it surrounds something like an event or a party or like there's like special something happening. This just felt like an episode. And while I don't know that we need Bel Air, like we don't need a rehash of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I think if we were going to get one, this is the way we needed to get it. Like modernized, pull in, you know, a little bit more of like the conflict that we're currently dealing with, make it a little less campy. Um, and I, God help me, love a rich teen drama story. Blame Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liar. <laughs> I have a weak spot. 
like I just it they're so bingeable it's so good um and considering this is not on ABC Family or whatever that channel is called now I have even more faith in it and knowing that Will Smith is behind it gives me some hope for it as well so I am going to go with eight for Bel Air and two for Bob's Burgers Matt what about you this is this is a hard matchup and this is conflicting for me because I absolutely love Bob's Burgers. This is the show that when I can't sleep or when I need to just turn my brain off, this is what I turn on and I just laugh and I grin and I just zone out. Um, but this trailer just, it does nothing. It, it just lays there. Um, it's, it's very flat. There's very few jokes. It's, clips and tidbits from an episode. Um, and that disappointed me a lot because I was really hoping for at least a few jokes. Like there's a joke at the end of the trailer and that's really like the biggest laugh I got from this entire trailer. Um, and Bel Air, I loved that original series. I, I loved watching it. I loved everything about it. Um, I, I, I'm still can conflicted on how I feel about this gritty remake. I, it just doesn't like, maybe if I can end up separating it from the original, I think I'll be okay. Um, but it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I see Bel Air and I think Will Smith, I think Fresh Prince, I think all these characters are the same names. And I just, I, I'm unsure how this is going to go as far as my feelings are. Cause like, I, I don't know. I grew up watching this. Um, but like Tabitha said, having Will Smith behind it lends it a lot of credence. So I'm going to put some faith in that and I'm going to mimic you, Mitch. I'm going to go six for Bel Air and four for Bob's burgers. All right. So with a score of 20 to 10, uh, Bel Air wins this, uh, this matchup of trailer takedown. Uh, one thing I do want to point out uh, that I kind of forgot to mention too, and really like it should have earned an extra point for me, but uh, I really like how Carlton plays lacrosse. Uh, it, I, don't, I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but like lacrosse is one of those sports for me that like if it was a little bit more popular, I would be like 1000% into it. Like <laughs> if, if we have like, if we had a local team or if it was like promoted, even like a fraction of the, the way that like baseball, basketball, football, you know, a, a fraction of the way that those are promoted, like I, I would be 1000% into it. any sport where you can legally beat somebody upside the head with a stick. <laughs> I'm here for, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> so let's open up the poll list and before we talk about the couple reviews that we have for tonight uh first we got some news from z2 comics uh so they are partnering with none of the none other than melissa etheridge uh for her first original graphic novel uh each chapter of this original graphic novel will be tied to one of the many guitars in her collection. Uh, Melissa Etheridge's 
Heartstrings will released will be released in June of 2022 in time for Pride Month in honor of an icon of the LGBTQ community. Um, the stories in Heartstrings will be interpreted by Frank uh, Marafino and Steve Hotchman with art by Manuela uh, Petrayar. And I hand wrote that. And so that's why I probably mispronounced that. But, um, but yeah, but like, I don't know, like I've, I've been excited about a lot of the books that Z2 has promoted throughout the years, but like this one sounds really, really cool. And I really hope that we get a chance to take a look at this one. Yeah, this one definitely sounds really cool. I like the idea of, um, I don't know, pretty much everything about this sounds like just pretty fantastic. So, yeah. so uh, like I said, we got a couple books to review tonight. Uh, the first one is Lunar Room Number Two. Uh, it's out now from Vault, uh, written by Danny Lore with art by Gio uh, Esposito. So, Solar City is a town of magic, mages, supernatural crime lords, and Sin, a woman who used to be able to turn to a werewolf. Sin teams up with Zero to take down the knowing and give Sin her powers back. Um, Matt, I know you read this one. What do you think about it? So I like the idea behind this story. I like the art. Um, and I usually have zero problem, uh, no pun intended, um, <laughs> with being dropped off in the middle of a story and getting tidbits to fill in as you go around, go through. This was just, there was too little. Like, there was too little for me to really get a gist of what was actually going on. Like, I know there's this bigger conflict that's happening, and I know kind of what she's aiming for, but, like, there's no clear... There's no, there's no clear focus for me, like... This is where she needs to go. This is what she needs to do. This is why she's doing it. Um, and in that regard, like, it kind of just lost me. Um, like I said, I, I like the art. Um, I kind of like the idea behind this. But there, early on, at this point, there's just not enough breadcrumbs for me to, to see what this... I'm going to use a really bad analogy. I, I, I can't, there's not enough crumbs to this cookie to see what type of cookie this is. I mean, I'm going to have, like, I just, don't, I just don't know that yet. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. And like, and when I was reading this, um, cause we actually, we didn't get, we didn't read issue one. And so vault was nice enough to give us, you know, the first issue as well as issue two. And so when I was reading it, I was really glad that I was reading them both back to back. Um, mm. Because yes, like that that first issue, I was kind of confused. I was like, am, "Am I am I missing something?" Um, but reading the both tech back to back really helped me. Um, I think overall, this book is kind of a wild ride. It's something which is something that Vault has does really good at, you know. Um, but uh, I did like how this particular issue, I feel like issue two kind of fleshed out some of the characters a little bit more than issue one did. Um, I'm interested to kind of see where these storylines connect because I do have a feeling that these are all leading towards one, I don't want to say common goal because that's not right. 
but they're leading to one common point, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a feeling that there's going to be some like twists and some turns uh, kind of along the way. Um, issue one points out that the, uh, I think his first name is Zach, Zach Zero, um, is actually a twin. And so like, I just, I have a feeling that that's going to play into it a little bit. I think at some point we're going to think that this is the zero that's teaming up with sin, but it's actually <laughs> not him. It's his brother. And it's that double twist kind of thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm here for it though. I like it. <laughs> so, um, also out now this time from image comics is what's the furthest place from here. Number three, uh, by written by Matthew Rosenberg with art by Tyler boss. Um, so the group gets some not great info on Sid's disappearance, uh, which leads to a brawl with the grownups. Uh, I really like the banter, not just with this issue, but like with the series as a whole. Uh, I like the banter of these characters. Um, this main group, which I mean, with this series, all of the factions or whatever are split up into families. And mm. so like this kind of like found family acts like a family, even like during the apocalypse, there's a lot of, you know, side bickering and things like that. Um, the bold timers, which I find that I found them like really unsettling, uh, <laughs> but like in the best way possible, like there's just something like off with them. And, you know, it, it's just like, I didn't trust them from the second I first saw them. But uh, also like, I hate slash loved how, Proofrock and the others didn't understand the concept of a VHS. <laughs> yeah, they were so confused by that. Yeah. Like, I loved that, but at the same time, I was like, do I need to get my cane? Matt, what did you think? <laughs> that was a little interesting because at one point in that same issue, they like they, they're sitting around the table getting ready to eat, and they're like, Well, we're in somebody else's house, so we're gonna pray to their gods. And Nana's like, no we want you to pray to your God so that we can, you know, learn about you. And then like all whip out these records and put them on the table. I'm like, so you understand records, but not VHS tapes. I'm like, how long has this apocalypse been going on that you have this technology, but not the other? Like, I just, like, I'm confused. <laughs> um, I absolutely love the bold folks home where uh, they live. That was absolutely fantastic. Uh, (laughs) I do like how this, as we go along, um, there are different families that live in different like houses, like that's that their family and that's who they, you know, are, are together with. And you're right. The, the family, the family drama, even though they're not biological family is, is, is legit. Like there's definitely that back and forth. Um, and I enjoy that. Also issue three finally gets to the weird that's really going on in this story with the strangers. Mm-hmm. And now I'm hooked. Like I really need to know who these strangers are, where they come from and why essentially they're kind of in charge of this whole thing. Like everybody goes to the strangers for, almost guidance as far as it kind of looks like in this story. And I kind of need to know why. So I don't know. We'll uh, see where this goes, but 
I don't know. Those strangers are kind of like Slenderman and they're kind of weird and creepy and they don't really talk, but I want to know more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you're absolutely right. And I was like, yeah, when we first saw those, uh, the strangers, yeah, like I was trying to place it. And now that you say like Slenderman, like, yeah, 100%. That's what the, the vibe that I was getting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to get into some gut reaction. Oof, gut reaction. And we're going to start tonight with Tabitha and uh, Kindred. So... Speaking of adaptations and things that I can't decide if I'm going to be upset or pleased by, FX is actually going to do an adaptation of Octavia Octavia Butler's book, Kindred. Um, it comes from the writer and showrunner, Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, say that five times fast, who did Watchmen. And it is based on her 1979 Hugo award-winning book um, about a young black woman in Los Angeles who finds herself transported back to the South during and before the Civil War, um, trying to save the life of a young boy that she doesn't know why she's trying to save his life. Um, the book is incredibly harrowing, very hard to read, but very beautifully written. And I'm just really hoping that this pilot that has been ordered at FX is going to do this justice. We do have some casting information as well. Nobody that I have ever had any experience with Mallory Johnson, Micah Stock, Brian Quanton, Gail Rankin, Austin Smith. I don't know who any of them are playing as of yet. Um, but from what I read online, it looks like they are following the story of the book pretty closely. So I am optimistic and I definitely want to see this. Um, it's going to be a hard watch if they do it correctly, but I think we need that. I think people need more exposure to this book and this TV show may get the book the exposure that I think the book needs and deserves. So I'm giving this a very cautious thumbs up as long as it's done well by FX. Matt. This is one of those books that I, again, have not read, but is always on been on my TBR. Um, I know how hard this book can be to read, essentially. Um, and as much as, yes, I agree that this is one of those things that we definitely need at this time in the world. I worry that it is going to be done well and not that it's not going to be handled well, but this is not going to be like the production isn't going to be done well. So I think until we see a trailer and have a little bit more information um, on characters and things like that, I'm going to go thumb sideways. Um. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go thumb sideways on this one. Um, I think that, yeah, you're right. If it's done well, I think it's gonna be very powerful. I think it's gonna be phenomenal. Um, but like, I just I do want to know more. I think, I think I will know where my thumb formally goes once we get like a trailer or something like that. That'll be a better way to say that. <laughs> You'd think so. You Who think you so? Would. Where are you putting that thumb, Mitch? <laughs> Formally, <laughs> it's got a, it's got a little bow tie. <laughs> now, oh I really desperately want you to tattoo a, a bow tie on your thumb now. And also, you're welcome. I just came up with this week's episode picture. 
It's just a thumb with your face and a bow tie. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. <laughs> um, so Disney has announced that Turning Red will release exclusively on Disney Plus on March 11th. Um, the, quote, delayed box office recovery is cited for the decision to take the movie straight to the streaming service. Um, I am going to give this a thumbs down. Um, don't get me wrong. Like there was zero chance that I was seeing turning red in the movie theaters. Uh, if I was ever going to see this movie, it definitely would be once it hit Disney plus um, that said, um, I don't know. Like I get it to a certain extent, but like if this was supposed to be released in March, um, why not wait another month? You know, just to kind of like see where the whole, not only COVID as a whole, but like the Omicron variant, see where that's going. I don't know. I get it. I get being cautious and whatever, uh, but it does suck for all the people who worked really hard on this movie um, for it to just go straight to the streaming service now. Tabitha. Yeah, I agree. All these straight to streaming service movies make me kind of sad. I mean, they make me happy because I get to see it earlier without having to go anywhere. But also, I agree that the people who work on these films do work very hard for them to just not get the time that they deserve on the big screen. So I'm going to give it a thumb sideways because I selfishly like it when I can do things from the comfort of my home. <laughs> Matt. Yeah, I'm going to echo that. I'm going to go thumb sideways um, because yes, this means that I will definitely watch this sooner rather than later. Um, but I do feel bad for everybody that worked so hard at this and expected to see it as a theatrical release and i don't know if it were me like working on one of these movies knowing that you did parts of it here and there like maybe as an actor you don't go see the movie that you're starring in but as an animator something that you worked on i thought i would think that would be super cool to go see on a big screen to see the finished product and to not have that opportunity whether it's out of caution or whether it's out of apprehension for whatever reason um I, I feel bad for those people that did put in so much effort and they won't get that same type of joy um from from the release so yeah i'm just i'm gonna go thumb sideways uh matt let's talk about children of blood and bone so uh tommy uh, uh in 2018 wrote a young adult bestseller uh children of blood and bone which has now been fast-tracked to a film adaptation um after a pretty extensive bidding war um paramount has won the rights and are basically gonna push this as fast as they can um into a film adaptation um there are three books the second one came out in 2019 i believe um, and the third one is coming out in 2023, I think. Um, the, the deal for selling these rights does apparently, or at least rumored to include a seven-figure screenwriting guarantee um, and creative, approval, uh, creative approvals uh, for Adayemi as part of this deal. So um, good for her for getting that as part of this whole deal. Um, I read this book. 
I really wanted to like it. And as much as a lot of times I do enjoy YA books um, for plot and story, this one felt kind of flat for me. Um, but I am still intrigued to see how this can be converted to film because there are some pretty cool visuals um, which would look pretty amazing on the big screen. So um, just for the adaptation and for the visual aspect of this, I'm going to go thumbs up um, and we'll see what happens when we get casting and trailer and things. Um, I'm just going to go thumbs sideways. Not only have I not heard of this book before you talked about it, but like listening to you talk about it, like didn't, you know, like a lot of times when we're, when we're talking about stuff that I'm not familiar with, you'll talk about it and I'll be like, Oh wow, that's cool. I'm in. I was just like, I didn't gain anything from, (laughs) from, you know, uh, from that discussion. So I just, I feel like this isn't for me, but um, I'm here for it, I guess, but thumb sideways, Tabitha. I have not read this book, even though I plan to read this book, but I have not read it because you did not like it. And yeah. generally, if you do not like something, I am going to abhor that book. <laughs> You're like, eh, it was all right, which translates for me as I hate it. Like there's no in the middle. So I didn't read this. However, I do remember you talking about like, like the battles the magic, or magic and stuff mm. that sounded like it would be visually really cool so maybe it will translate better in film than it did to a book and also go for her go for you girl thumb sideways <laughs> uh tabitha we haven't had one of these in a while let's go to the lin-manuel miranda news desk so as we know in canto in canto i'm in canto in canto sure came out on Disney Plus came out exists in the world and Lin-Manuel Miranda has now crowned the Billboard's Hot 100 Songwriters chart uh, for the writing of the music from the movie. Um, we don't talk about Bruno which soared from 50 to number 5 over a week's time um, is the fifth song from a Disney movie, a Disney animated movie to reach the top 5 after A Whole New World from Aladdin can you feel the love tonight? Lion King, Colors of the Wind, and Let It Go from Frozen. So my boy is finally getting up there in his song writing props, props that he <laughs> deserves for all the things he does. So I'm giving this a giant thumbs up. I have not watched this movie yet. I need to be in the right headspace because I accidentally saw a clip and like the 20 second clip almost made me cry. So <laughs> I don't know what kind of mood I need to be in Ooh. to watch this, but I'm not there right now. <laughs> a box of Kleenex and a garbage can for when you throw up because you're crying too hard. Right. Your girl is not having good <laughs> mental health right now. It's not a good time to sprinkle on Ellen Manuel Miranda songs. It's just not. <laughs> like, you don't put that cherry on top of the depression cake. Like, it's just not a thing. So <laughs> I'm going to give him a thumbs up. I'm going to give the fact that I haven't watched this yet because everything is falling apart. Thumbs down. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Um, huge thumbs up for him to finally get some recognition for all the hard work that he does. Um, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, we'll eventually watch this, but I I don't know exactly when that will be, but thumbs up. Yeah, uh, definite thumbs up. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like, I feel like this Lin-Manuel Miranda guy, like he might be onto something. He, (laughs) he might be a household name. 
you know, in, in the next like 10 years or something like that. So I am, I am glad that we got on this train, you know, quickly. Um, <laughs> somewhat related, but Tabitha, can you tell me like what movie did you cry the quickest at? Oh, the quickest. Uh, uh, okay. So like for the first time seeing it, or like as a repeat customer, because <laughs> those are different answers. First time, first time. So for the first time seeing it, oh God. Um, I don't know, you're either, crying halfway through in the Heights. No, either, <laughs> oh, sorry. I cried much earlier than halfway. Um, either <laughs> up, because Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, either up or, um, drawing all the blanks right now well while you're thinking of that just to echo up like i'm not much of a movie crier like as i've gotten older like stupid things have kind of started to get me a little bit you know (laughs) um but yeah up was one of those movies that like up was one of those movies that like i that was one of the first ones as an adult that i've cried during and I think I started crying twice within the first 30 minutes. So like, yeah, I, I understand up and so nervous to watch up. It just, it's just scary. You haven't seen it. No, I have not. Oh, Oh, I know what the movie I cried the fastest at is. (laughs) I figured it out. Yeah. It is either. It's a tie between up and uh, boy of the striped pajamas. Oh, because I had read the book and like just the anticipation of what was coming set me mm. off before I even started the movie. <laughs> However, if we're talking about a repeat movie, the opening duh, like the sound when Rent the movie starts, I cry. It's just the sound of them on stage. Seasons yes. of Love starting. Like them on stage, like they like the scene the, the scene happens, the lights come on, and that first like note of that song, I'm already crying. I have no control. Wow. It's just my body just reacts that way. I'm like Pavlov's dog, but with tears. <laughs> <laughs> Pavlov's rent. Um, <laughs> fun fact. So like in high school, I was obsessed with the rent soundtrack. I've never seen the stage show. Never seen the movie. I know, right? Weird. I know. Very weird. But you here we are. Fix- immediately i should but i have not so (laughs) anyway (laughs) moving on so earlier this week uh superman son of kal-el writer tom taylor tweeted a message he received on facebook so the message that he received said quote superman f-c-k-i-n-g gay question mark question mark you will die in pain F-C-K-I-N-G piece of S-H exclamation point T. So then Tom Taylor responded and he said, glad you censored the swearing. Could have been quite (laughs) offensive otherwise. (laughs) He then uh, revealed in the tweet that he made a donation in that person's name to Minus 18, which is an Australian organization for LGBT uh qia plus youth um as he does whenever someone attacks him on social media 
uh, giving this a giant, giant, giant thumbs up. Um, not only has Tom Taylor be- become one of my favorite comic book writers um, within this last year, but just the simple fact that like, you know, like here we are, like what, like uh, it was announced in October. So we're going in three months now since, you know, it was announced that, you know, this new Superman, again, not Clark Kent, but this new Superman was bisexual, not gay, but whatever. Um, and he's still receiving this kind of hate um, for him to still kind of like take that in stride or whatever. And just be like, OK, cool. Well, you feel this way. I'm going to do this is just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So, um, yeah, Tom Taylor, you give you get the biggest thumbs up. Tabitha. Yeah, hats off to this guy. I also really love that when like celebrities or, mm-hmm. you know, influential people get attacked on Twitter and like the, the they take the thing that the person was trying to do and they make a donation in their name to it. That just that brings me like the most <laughs> wholesome villain joy of my whole life. <laughs> Because, like, you're doing something so nice, but in such a mean way. And, like, that's just really what I aspire to do every day when I wake up. So that's so much joy. Thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, that happens. You get that evil villain laugh. That yes. <laughs> But, like, you're still being a good yeah, person. Yeah, right? I just, oh. <clears throat> oh, my God. That's just, it's so fantastic. Like, if you're, <laughs> I don't know. It's just great. Thumbs up. I love it. <clears throat> Um, so DC Comics released 12 comic books this week. All 12 of them uh, were Batman or Batman-related books. Uh, six of them directly starred the Dark Knight, and the other six uh, feature characters in the Bat family, or they take place in Gotham. Um, one was Joker. So, um, yeah, I'll give this a thumbs up. Um, whether or not they planned it this way or not. Um, I mean, obviously, when you think of DC, you know, it, it's a very close one, two, three versus Batman versus Superman versus Wonder Woman. Um, but you can argue that, you know, when you think of DC, Batman is like the first thing you think of. So to have an entire line of comic books that you release in one week being related to one character, is it gimmicky? Yeah. Probably, but I don't know. It's kind of cool. So thumbs up, Tabitha. Yeah, I agree with you. It's a little gimmicky, but it's also kind of cool. Thumbs up. Matt. That takes some planning. <laughs> like, it really just does. <clears throat> because that's a lot of Bat Family. It's a lot of Batman. And you still have a lot of other properties that you're going to be releasing throughout the month. So to intentionally divert other things around that so that you do, like, there's there's no there's no way about this that was not intentional mm-hmm. like this was absolutely done on purpose and i give them huge thumbs up for just being able to manip- essentially manipulate the system to be able to get that done so thumbs up i think it's great <clears throat> uh speaking of batman um matt you've got some story on the, some bat cookies yeah, this one's going to crumble, though. Um, <laughs> Sound like an old trick. That was though. not very enthusiastic. Just, you saw how hard I'm shaking it. It's just not. What did you do to my belt? I didn't do anything. I got it out of the drawer. Look at this. 
It's not. <laughs> it's not going. We got to grease the belt. Uh, is that a thing? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> We'll that. You can grease my bell. No. I'm uncomfy. Same. Um, so, Batman is hitting theaters later this year. Batman Oreos are hitting the shelves also later this year. Um, but here's the bad news. They're going to be available. The bad news. Here's the bad news. <laughs> um, they'll be available in markets all across the world, but not the United States. Oh. So, and the other thing is they're not going to have the Batman logo. They're going to have his like moniker, like the, the cowl instead of the logo. Um, it's gonna even it's gonna even have the limit it's gonna have limited edition custom packaging to go in. So I guess if we really want these here in the States, we're gonna have to just buy them on eBay from somebody in the UK. Um I think this is awesome. I love when they do these like fun designed Oreos, but huge thumbs down for not being available in the US. Like why why would you not have them available here? That doesn't make any sense to me. And I can even, I can even uh, excuse them not using like the actual Batman logo because there may be some copyright issues with that, you know, whatever, blah 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 blah. But yeah, thumbs down for me not being able to have this Oreo. Like that's like Gotham City is in America. Hey, hello. Um, but yeah, <laughs> thumbs down, Tabitha. I mean, I've bought dumber things online than Batman Oreos from the UK. <laughs> so that feels like a valid purchase. So we'll see what we can do. Um, I'm going <laughs> to give this a thumbs up. I, I like these gimmicky things and I like Batman. So thumbs up. So Netflix and UCP are developing a Scott Pilgrim anime adaptation. Um, though no series order yet, Scott Pilgrim creator Brian Lee O'Malley is writing and executive producing along with Ben David Grabinski, uh, who was the showrunner behind the Are You Afraid of the Dark revival. Um, giant thumbs up. Scott Pilgrim is a phenomenal uh, graphic novel series. It's also that the movie is criminally underrated. Um, that movie should have um gotten all the praise that it deserved um that said i do feel like an anime adaptation um is probably even more apt than the movie adaptation that we got so i'm very excited for this uh i can't wait for it and netflix give it to me right now tabitha yeah same i love scott pilgrim um my favorite thing about the scott pilgrim movie is that it's almost verbatim the first graphic novel in the series. And as long as they do that, but with this animated series, it's going to be even better because we have the animation versus Michael Sarah. So sign me up. Thumbs up. Matt. Yeah. As long as they stick to the source material, I think this should be awesome. I mean, the movie was great. It has the same, it, it hasn't, it's an homage to the visual style. 
but with an anime, you'll actually be able to get that visual style again. So yeah, thumbs up if they can keep that uh, to the source material. <laughs> um, Matt, let's talk about the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Um, so as we know, a lot of the Roald Dahl uh, properties are going to be adapted for Netflix. Um, we have gotten information that Wes Anderson is going to be doing a live action version of the collection of stories, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar and six more. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Wes Anderson is writing the script and the Hollywood reporter has now been saying that the cast, which includes Benedict Cumberbatch playing Henry Sugar, as well as multiple other characters, will include Dev Patel, who was uh, Sir Gowan in the Green Knight, Ray Fiennes, and Ben Kingsley. So we have got quite the cast. Um, they're already getting ready to shoot starting the end of this month in the United Kingdom. So this is going to happen like Netflix does sooner rather than later. Um, I have a really random touching memory of Henry Sugar and the wonderful, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. Um, so I'm excited to see this come to life and Benedict Cumberbatch playing, playing him is going to be awesome. So I'm going to go thumbs up. Uh, I'm also going thumbs up. Um, yeah, like I, I don't know anything about this book. Um, it was kind of like James and the Giant Peach and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or nothing <laughs> when it came to Roald Dahl for me. Um, but that said, like this is opposite of what we talked about earlier with uh, Children of Blood and Bone. Like I don't know anything about this, but like you talking about it makes me excited. This cast list makes me really excited. So yeah, I'm here for it. Thumbs up. Tabitha. Yeah, you had me at Wes Anderson. I, <laughs> I knew that. <clears throat> I know Wes Anderson gets a lot of hate, but Wes Anderson makes the single most relaxing movies for my incredibly <laughs> anxious personality. <laughs> they, are, they bring so much joy to me. Um, with that cast and that sort of material, I just don't think Netflix can go wrong, so I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Uh, Tabitha, you have our last story of the night. Um, it's weird. I mean, it's a food story. So that's, you know, that's something that we've talked about before. It's a sports <laughs> story that, you know, sometimes we find a way to talk about, but not always. Um, but at the end of the day, it kind of made me gag. So take it away. <laughs> yeah. So I don't even know how I found this, honestly, like, I heard about it and then I had to like go back to the internet and Google it to make sure I wasn't having a fever dream. Um, but a fever Houston, dream or a beaver dream? A fever dream? I don't know <laughs> that I've ever had a fever dream. If I have a beaver dream, I'm waking you up in the middle of the night tonight. Be prepared for that. Oh, damn. <laughs> and a beaver dream, not a beaver dream. What is happening? <laughs> Did you say Bieber like Justin Bieber? Yes, that's what I said. Why are you talking about Bieber? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> whole conversation. Are you too done? No. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, this episode is no longer about my thumb. Now it's about Beavers. 
Beavers are beavers. Can you make a Photoshop of a beaver dam? With just all of his faces. Yes. <laughs> I need a nap. <laughs> I was just here to talk about a hot dog, and now I'm all confused. Hot dogs and beavers. All right. <laughs> I still don't know if you're saying beavers or beavers. <laughs> Let's just try to move on. Talk. I'm trying to. <laughs> okay. So the Houston Rockets <laughs> have debuted a new food item at their stadium. It is a hot dog with ma- bacon, mac and cheese, and Fruit Loops. You had me until Fruit Loops. Yep. It is exclusively outside of Section 114. It's a jumbo mac and cheese hot dog with Fruit Loops and bacon. I, I don't understand the Fruit Loops. Like I'm, I'm here for it for a mac and cheese, bacon hot dog, but Fruit Loops. So I don't know why they did this. Couldn't tell you. I don't know if it's something sports related that I it's above and beyond my head to comprehend. But the the way people were tweeting about it is just wonderful. Like someone tweeted it and said, "This is the reason we lost tonight." And then someone said, "This is why the Rockets are down twenty points after the first quarter." <laughs> and then. The Rockets selling mac and cheese hot dogs with Fruit Loops and bacon is why the team is 11 and 28. <laughs> and then someone said, Mitch, this will be your favorite. What in the name of Betty White are you doing putting Fruit Loops and mac and cheese on a hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> and then my personal favorite is for an extra $2, they'll drop it on the concourse floor and pick it back up for you. <laughs> and then what will be your favorite is the Houston Rockets concessions are apparently taking in an effort to land the number one draft pick from the Culinary Institute of America. <laughs> yep. There were just so many, so many great tweets, and I don't understand this, and it looks absolutely disgusting. That looks yeah. disturbing. Like, it just looks yeah. like trash. It and looks disgusting. Yeah, it looks, yeah. it looks gross. And I don't get it. Like, I don't know if there's a reference in there that I'm missing. I couldn't find one. Um, however, the original news article that I posted was from the Houston news, like local Houston newspaper. And I could only look at it once. And they were like, you need to give us a dollar. And I was like, I would never give Texas a dollar. So, <laughs> so no. <laughs> Especially since like, since everything's bigger in Texas, you giving Texas a dollar would be like, it'd be like $5 up there, down there. I don't think that's how inflation works, but we'll go with it. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, I agree with you, Matt. Like, I'm here for everything up until the Fruit Loops. And yep. like, even with the Fruit Loops, like, I don't know. It's like, you know, you, there's that yep. there's that sweet component versus the savory. And the crunch. And the crunch. So, like, maybe it'll work. So, um, I mean, as much as I'm not here for the Fruit Loops, if you hand me one of these, I'm going to eat it. <clears throat> like, there's no question. And if I'm not but, mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, this was kind of like one of the detractors for me, too. But, like, isn't this, like, hot dog, like, $12? It's $12.50. Yeah. That's a like, lot of money. Hot dog. It's not even one of the jumbos. It's just like a what? It's a hot dog. 
hot dog. A hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Know. I mean, it should be a foot longer a jumbo dog. I think it's just a hot dog. No. Mm. And you can only get it at one place in the whole place. So if you're sitting across the court, you got to walk your happy ass around to get your hot dog with fruit loops. Oh, it's like getting a hot dog at Bush Stadium. Where? Right? <laughs> I mean, I have zero issues getting hot dogs at Bush Stadium, but thank you very much. Can never find a hot dog there. Really? And I got to get out of my seat to get a hot dog. I don't want to get out of my seat to get a hot dog. Yeah, that's fair. I sound like a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> But like, okay, I make zero promises, but like, since I am a state and a half away from like literally everybody I know, um, if within the next week, if I get bored and I have some free time, maybe I will buy the stuff to make this hot dog and I'll report back. We actively have all of the stuff to make this hot dog inside of our home. Yep. Okay. Hot dogs, mac and cheese, fruit loops. They'll... Do we have yeah, bacon? We might have. We bacon. may have bacon. Now, is it, it bacon be. slices or bacon bits? It's bacon bits sprinkled on top with the grape, okay. with the, the grape nuts. <laughs> the fruit loops. That would be gross. I don't know, man. I really like grape nuts. No, nope. that that would push me over the edge. If it was grape nuts instead of fruit loops, I'd absolutely be out. But that's just like a crunch. Grape nuts don't really have like a like a taste. They just have a crunch. Not a grape nuts. <laughs> Um, I, I, I don't know that I agree with that part. About grape nuts? Yeah. Do you like grape nuts? I don't know that I've had grape nuts. I mean, I'm sure that I have, but like, it's probably been a while. So crunchy. I don't know. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) this feels like a great time to end this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, Uh, We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, check us out on social media. We'll be posting stuff throughout the week. Uh, While you're there, give us some feedback. Tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Uh, Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope you catch you next time. Everybody say bye. Bye. Bye.